This is Transistor.fm. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Build Your SaaS. This is the behind-the-scenes story of building a web app in 2021. I'm John Buda, a software engineer. And I'm Justin Jackson. I do product and marketing. Follow along as we build Transistor.fm. End of the year, John. End of the year. Last episode of the year. We actually haven't done many episodes this year, have we? We have not done as many episodes. <laughs> I, I think we ended up publishing... I, I'd be surprised if we got six. Let's yeah. see here. Three, oh, actually, we got more than six. No, we did one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. This is our 11th episode. So we almost averaged one episode a month. All right. Probably down slightly from the previous years. Well, yeah. Yeah, it was quite a yeah. bit. But not too bad. If you have stuck with us and you're still subscribed, thanks. It's... <laughs> It's good. Yeah. You know, I, you know, now Transistor is what, three years old? I think so. We started I started uh, in 2018, but your yeah. first, your first commit was in. Yeah. March of 2017, which is kind of crazy to think about. I think so, I just started it as like a, you know, just something I wanted to hack on. Yeah. A little project on the side. Yep. And then it evolved into Maybe cards could use it. Yep. And, and then now look at us now. Now look at us now. That, that the, Those jumps are still, you know, I was listening to um, the Rework podcast and they were, they were talking about the word startup and, and you know, mm-hmm. when, when should you continue to use that term? And, and, you know, we're, we're probably, we probably can't call ourselves a startup anymore. No, we're just a business. We're just a company. Yeah. A small little company. Yeah, it is. This is kind of end of the year, December is definitely where I start to reflect. And um, yeah, I thought maybe we could go through kind of the year and maybe some of our thoughts about next year and uh, hopefully get into some of those things that, that folks like. <laughs> yeah, folks seem to like it when we hash stuff out on the air uh-huh. and, uh, you know, talk about real, real thoughts, real, uh, challenges, real plans. You know, I'm, I'm sure folks are, there's a lot of people that are, you know, still hoping to build a SaaS in 2022. That's, that's still their dream. And, uh, yeah, I, I feel like I want to keep talking to those, those folks too, but <laughs> yeah. from the perspective of people that are a little bit further along now. Yep. Yeah, I don't know. When did we change the name to this? When did we change the name of the podcast? <laughs> built it. Built, or built your SaaS. Built it. We built the SaaS. Yeah. Maintain yeah. the SaaS. Yeah, maintain. Maintain is just, it's just not as exciting, is it? No, it's not. <laughs> but in some way, actually, in some ways it is. I that You know, you and I, before we started recording, we were kind of going through some of the major highlights of this year. I don't know about you. I... I think the highlights for me were hiring Helen and Jason. Yeah. Like yeah. having more people in the company was a pretty big boost, I'd say. Yeah, it, it was, there was think, something about it. Yeah, that was definitely the biggest uh, positive change we had. Yeah. 
actually, if you go back to those episodes, we were hesitant, you know, it was like, yeah. ah, should we, should we do this? And now I think every episode since we, since every episode since April when we hired Helen and then we hired Jason in August, uh, every episode we've mentioned how great that part has been. Yeah, yeah it has been. Uh, I know, yeah, we were definitely hesitant for a number of, well, a couple of reasons, I think. One was just, did we want to grow the team beyond yeah. us? And would we be able to financially do it? Yeah. Both of which turned out to be completely fine. And we even were fortunate enough to give them some pretty good bonuses. Yeah. Yeah, let's talk about that. Because, yeah. I mean, they, they haven't even got them yet. But, <laughs> <laughs> well, well, actually, Jason's Jason's going to get his yeah. at the end of this pay period. Uh, but that was really fun Yeah, for, for like you and I to meet and go, okay, let's look at our finances and go, wow, like this company, it, this little company is profitable and we can be incredibly generous. I was talking with some friends. We went snowboarding and we were having some drinks after. And uh, by the way, I'm, I, I, I've dipped back into having a, a beer when oh, I go out with friends. So okay. I, I, I'm still, I'm still mostly not drinking, but one beer uh, every once in a while. And so I'm having this, this beer and we were talking about Christmas bonuses and uh, one one fellow runs a snowboard shop. Uh, another fellow uh, is in the wine business. Uh, another fellow is a a uh, kind of an engineer, like a, a geological engineer. And I was saying, you know, for me, the Christmas bonus has always been kind of significant because when I was a young. 20 something and had these kids. I still have kids, but I, 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 you know, I had young kids. I remember like the costs around Christmas were just so much higher than normal. Yeah. And always wishing that, you know, I had friends that would get Christmas bonuses and I didn't. And just feeling like, oh, like anything around this time would be so meaningful. And yeah, I, I think to be able to be generous um, with the people we work with has been just, I, I don't know, really meaningful for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think we we sort of framed it as profit sharing, which I think mm -hmm. maybe is a little more meaningful. Like, you know, they yeah. they helped us get to where we are and we're incredibly grateful for that. And yeah, it's nice that we're able to to give some of that back. I mean... I don't, I've never gotten a bonus anywhere else I worked. Never? Never. Wow. Yeah. Actually, and I don't think I have either. I, I think there, I mean, this is the, I guess this is the great thing about running your own business and also being able to grow it slowly. Because if we had, uh, we can talk about this a bit later, but Captivate, one of our competitors just sold. And, um, I'm pretty sure they had a pretty big team. I, yeah. I, my guess is 20 people. I mean, if we had 20 people, we would not be able to uh, give bonuses like this, or, right? Or pay them. <laughs> or, <laughs> <laughs> yes. And so uh, by keeping the team small, you know, 
it really does make a lot of these decisions when when margins are good and when you're still growing reasonably um you know it it gives you a lot more flexibility to be generous with folks yeah, yeah. i am still eternally grateful that we didn't take funding and grow the team yeah quickly. it's nice to be able to run a lean company that's you know doing really well and uh you know not not have super complicated software and yeah small teams well, and not not a bunch of meetings every day it's it's uncomplicated in many ways and i i think i was talking with was it maybe this was on the indie hackers podcast i was saying you know especially once you get to know other people and other people's companies and you know you see their numbers you hear what they're struggling with you hear what stresses them out you hear what is you know bugging them and I think there's two types of stress. There's stress that's just inherent in the way you've structured your company, the market that you're in, the type of customers you attract, et cetera. And then there's like a different stress that's like maybe a good stress, which is, you know, when you decide, um, I'm talking about you now, John, <laughs> when, yeah. when, when you decide to build something, a new feature, there is some stress around how are we going to do this? How, how are we going to do this well? Um, you know, there's some good stress about a challenge, uh, having a purpose and kind of living up to that purpose. Mm -hmm. But in my view, you want to minimize, if you can, as much of that other stress. Like, <laughs> like uh, something else that I thought we could maybe talk about is another competitor that I won't mention. Uh, just there was a bunch of drama because they sold lifetime deals for their mm -hmm. podcast hosting. So I don't know what it was, like 74 bucks for a lifetime of podcast hosting. And there's there just that premise alone, like any other premise we've we've explored here, like what would it be like to take funding? What would it be like to hire a bunch of people? What would it be like to uh, serve this kind of audience? What would it be like to serve this kind of customers? What would it be like to have this pricing structure? Setting up a lifetime deal for SaaS just seems like almost always a bad idea. Yeah, it does. <laughs> and you're setting yourself up for stress, setting yourself up to fail, and, and also just thinking about the types of customers that that attracts. Uh, not saying that those customers are bad people, but uh, in terms of like the kinds of people that are going to be attracted to a lifetime deal uh, may not be the kinds of customers you want. Yeah. And, and plus you're ultimately going to have a pretty good chance of letting them down when yeah. you realize that <laughs> it's, the lifetime deal is not going to work out for the lifetime of the product. Which is what we saw, you know? Yeah, right. Uh, and I think they've got like 400 feeds on, on like they serve total. So in terms of a growth strategy, it actually didn't work. It's not, if it, I mean, I think if you, if you could say, I know Ruben Gamez for his new SaaS, he was like, you know, I am going to do an AppSumo deal because I'm just going to learn so much. I'm going to get tons of customers in the door who've had to pay something and I'm going to uh, interview them and I'm going to, you know, I think that's fine if, if that's part of your strategy. But in this case, it sounds like it was a part of their growth strategy 
and it actually didn't help them grow. It also kind of reminds me that in a lot of things, there are no shortcuts. And if you think you're, you know, you're going to take a shortcut and it's going to get you somewhere, yeah, often that comes back to, to haunt you, <laughs> which right. is what happened. Yeah. If it's too good to be true, it probably is. Yeah. I, I know people, maybe people are tired of us saying this, but it has been so significant for you and I that I think it's just <laughs> worth repeating that, you know, these things do matter. The The way you, the markets you go into matter. The market's going to dictate a lot of these dynamics, you know, mm -hmm. uh, the kind of product you have to build. You know, if we, if we had to go into compliance, if we were building compliance software, the stress that's associated with that goes up. And, I think one thing that was helpful for me over the years was taking a look at at business owners that just seemed to have a calmer baseline <laughs> and just taking note like what kind of what kind of businesses are those you know what kind of products uh result in a calmer baseline and what kind of products and industries and services do people just seem to be perpetually stressed out and overworked yeah. under fire yeah, so I think there's lots to be thankful for. One thing I'm thinking about now is I was really excited, actually. You and I said, okay, we're, we're going to get together in January. Uh, you were gonna, you booked tickets to fly here to the Okanagan. Yeah. And as soon as we did that, I was like on cloud nine. Like I was, I was uh, in a very good mood yeah. uh, telling people, oh, I can't wait it. Can't wait. John's coming. We're going to go snowboarding together. We haven't seen each other in over two years. Yeah, almost. I mean, it's getting on two, well over two and a half. Yeah. And so really excited about that. I'm hoping it still happens because now the world is in the grips of another uh, COVID variant yep. surge. We started the year with the wave and now we're in another one. And I yeah. guess we kind of have to see in the next couple of weeks what happens. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's... You know, Chicago's starting to implement some new rules, and I guess the concern would be Canada would shut its borders again. Yeah, and everything like things at the snowboarding at the at the mountain would be closed. Yeah. So I, who knows? I mean, yeah, probably a fifty-fifty chance. Yeah, I think it's fifty-fifty. My fingers are crossed, though. I hope it happens because that that's definitely been the the downside of. Um, the past two years, you know, with everything we have to be thankful for, uh, which we just mentioned, but yeah. not when you have a remote company and you, you're you not seeing the people you work with and yeah, you're not we, seeing yeah. other people in the industry even, like yeah. going to conferences or events, even local meetups, you know, <laughs> not having yeah. any of that interaction. I've done none of, I mean, I've done none of that in so long. But it, oh. yeah, it's it's unfortunate that you know you and I can't get together and celebrate, you know, the past two years really. Yeah, we're we're coming up to twenty thousand podcasts, I think, in Transistor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> when I tell yeah. that number to people, they're like, "Oh my god, that's so much!" And I'm like, "It's so small compared to the market." I know, and I still I'm like, "It's a lot," but it's also like kind mm -hmm. of a drop in the bucket still. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're at 18,215 right now. Uh, incidentally, Captivate, who just sold, 
they, they reported they had 14,000 feeds. Hmm. So I thought they were bigger than that, but it's hard to tell, isn't it? Yeah. People like it when we have a little gossip. Yeah. So what, what do you, what are you thinking? Do you think that's bad for us? Good for us? What do you think about Captivate getting acquired? I kind of go back and forth. I think, I think it's good for us because it's, we're sort of one of the remaining smaller independent hosts. Yeah. Um, that said, you know, this group that bought them has like a billion dollars in annual revenue. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it, it really depends. Are they going to, are they going to change Captivate? Is the team staying on? Are they going to just acquire it and then just like dismantle it? I think are they're, they gonna, they, I think are, they're staying at least for a year. There must be okay. some sort of earn out. Are they going to put a bunch of marketing dollars behind it, which yeah. you know, could work or it could not work? I don't, you know, I, it's really hard to say. But I think ultimately people, I think some customers kind of get disappointed when that happens. And if things mm-hmm. change, they'll be looking elsewhere. Yeah, I I actually think on both sides, it, it could be a benefit to us. Um, you know, on one side, people still looking for an independent company to work with that's small, that cares about their customers, that's responsive. There's not very many left, you know? No. Um, Buzzsprout is still out there doing the good work and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Libsyn is publicly traded. So it's really, you know, there's a, there's a handful of maybe of us left that are that are independent, but I'm guessing off the top of my head, I think Buzzsprout and Transistor are there's, maybe the last... Fireside is still around. They're oh still... yeah, Fireside's still around, yep. Yeah. So... There's a handful of us, but, you know, Captivate was definitely the one we got compared to. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got compared to them quite a bit, partly because they copied our pricing model. <laughs> um, which is fine. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so so I, it could be good on that side. People looking for an independent option. And also, you know, I, I'm not under the... the I, I don't want to delude myself. I, I think eventually we probably will want to sell transistor. And yeah, I mean, there's a there's a point for, in time and a and a number that would probably satisfy that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you know, I think this is a good in that sense because it it shows every time a podcast hosting company gets acquired, there's still demand for companies like ours. Yeah. So. Uh, uh, every year I'm kind of worried that maybe we missed our window. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I think this shows that there's just, I hadn't even heard of this company before, but yeah. I'm actually, know. I'm actually kind of curious if Captivate was looking to sell. Yeah. Or they were approached to be bought. I think I'm not sure if this is true, but I did see um, a listing for a SaaS, a podcast hosting SaaS that, Sounded a lot, an awful lot like Captivate. Mm-hmm. Um, that was sent to me, and so I think that they were looking to sell. I mean, ultimately, they have to be looking to sell. Like, you know what I mean? Like these deals, I think they don't happen very often when you're just kind of sitting there, right? Putting off vibes that you don't want to sell. They generally happen when you open yourself up to it. Uh, our friends at Rewardful just sold, uh, Kyle mm-hmm. Fox, yep. who is, um, I started my very first podcast with back in 2012. Really the reason I'm here today, probably. Yeah. Um, and 
it sounds like uh, they got a really great deal from this SaaS.group. And, you know, I, I checked in with him and said, you know, how's it been? And he's like, he's like, honestly, it's been awesome. Like, huh, the, that's cool. They, they have a bunch of resources, DevOps, HR, finance, recruiting, analytics, and they, they got a pretty generous acquisition, I think. I keep bringing this up because it is something I think about, but there is kind of two feelings I always have, which is on one hand, I love running this company. And if I could be assured that I could just run it for the rest, you know, another 10 years and it'd be, <laughs> yeah, and it, nothing happened, I would be okay. But my existential question is always, yeah, but what, how, lo- how big is this window? And, mm-hmm. you know, that's, you know, I'll, I'll probably yeah. think about that until, until there's enough money in my bank account that I don't care anymore. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's not, it's not something that's like on top of my mind all the time, but I think about it. it's not something I'm rushing to do. Yeah. Cause I do. Yeah. I do enjoy, enjoy running it. And yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not something I'm rushing to do. Cause like I said, like people sometimes ask me like, Hey, should you want me to introduce you to some people? And I'm like, ah, you could, but I don't know. It's just, right. it's just, I think, you know, for example, if it was 25 mil, that would be, if someone came to the table and said 25 mil, I'd be like, okay, well, we got to think about that. But the idea of actually like pursuing people and doing a song and dance and, you know, everybody I've talked to that has sold has said that the selling process is really shitty. Hmm. Just the dance and the, due diligence and right. uh, everything else. So, yeah. So no plans to sell. Um, but uh, yeah, there's definitely, uh, definitely movements. And now with right, like SAS is getting hotter and hotter in terms of people wanting to buy it, both small SAS, you know, there's micro acquire, people are buying small little companies. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so, yeah, it, it seems like some of these bigger groups are just buying up software as a service just to like build a portfolio of recurring revenue it seems like mhm and and there's probably good actors in that business and bad actors yeah um i for, from what i've seen there's actually you know when i actually talk to people who have been acquired more and more of them are saying um and i guess the only true test of this is after some years have elapsed but more and more of them are saying you know this has actually been a really great deal like there's some some of these groups, uh, private equity firms that are buying that are actually really great operators and, you know, end up giving the founders a great life and a great earnout. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think that landscape has changed a little bit. Cool. But let's, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens in 2022 with that discussion. I don't know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nothing, nothing on the table right now. Nope. Um, in terms of next year, 2022, you know, we've got, these two folks what are do you have any thoughts about like some big things you want to accomplish some some things you'd like to see happen i I, this is actually more personal i think in that like what would you be personally excited to do excited to see happen uh is there a certain type of work that you don't want to do anymore is there you know is there certain types of goals you want to go after yeah yeah i mean the the infrastructure work is not fun. We don't have to do much with it very often, but when we do, it's 
kind of annoying and not really my or Jason's specialty. Yeah. But it's not like we really need someone full-time for that. So it'd be, I'm not sure what would happen there. There's, you know, there's a bunch of things we need to upgrade in Amazon and AWS and things like that. But So you uh, think like a big infrastructure upgrade? Yeah, there's some like platform versions we have to upgrade, um, which may or may not be bad. We just haven't really, I think we're going to try to tackle that early in the year. But that, that'll and, be nice just because at some point, the platform we're on on Amazon is they're basically going to like decommission it. So we have to upgrade. Yeah. It's just a matter of when and how hard it is. It's not terribly different, but there's some quirks I think we got to work around. Um, Yeah. And that's probably a quality of life upgrade for you too. Like anytime we can, we can make the infrastructure piece uh, less stressful. Mm -hmm. Um. Because right now that stuff mostly falls to you. Yeah. Um, it's kind of one of those things that's like been on the back burner and it's just like kind of always in the back of your mind that it'd mm-hmm. be nice to just get it done. Yeah, that'll be that'll be a nice quality of life thing. Um, as far as other stuff, I mean, I still I still enjoy building back-end features and front-end features. I mean, it'd be nice to sort of focus on some more front-end work. I think with Jason around, um, you know, doing more of the, the really nitty gritty back back end stuff mm-hmm. uh, should should free me up to do some of that. Yeah, like more like designing features, designing screens, designing flows. Yeah, designing. You know, we have plans to kind of rebuild our our website, our built in websites for people. Uh, kind of really getting a dive into that. Um, yeah, you know, uh, and just you know, play around with some ideas work out some designs, a couple of different templates, or even, you know, Jason brought this up too, is, you know, maybe we want to hire some designers to sort of work out a couple different like templates or themes that we can mm-hmm. let people use. Yeah. Um, some of that, you know, we're still kind of planning out that feature. Yeah. It's going to be kind of a big one, maybe a multi-phase release, but. Yeah. That stuff gets me really fired up. I, mm. I think in in some ways, looking back on 2021, 2020 is there was a lot of self-care in those years. Yeah. Um, because of COVID, because of also just like, there was some hard personal stuff uh, we both went through and it just felt like in the midst of COVID, in the midst of everything else, we just needed to be gentle with ourselves and, you know, we, I mean, if you look at the list of stuff we released, we actually released tons of stuff. Uh, we're, we're, we're punching way above our weight in terms of <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what we were able to accomplish with the number of people we have. But I think for the first time, I'm feeling like 2022, I really think we can go after some big goals. I think we can become like not just you know, uh, like we can really, um, what's the, what am I trying to say here? I think we can really take some ground, like in the podcasting space, we can, we can build some stuff that podcasters really want. I think we've always done a good job of staying close to the customer. I think we've done a good job of being, uh, reasonable with the customer saying, you know, we can't give you everything, but there are certain things that I know would just be huge improvements, yeah. quality of life improvements for our customers. 
Uh, websites is one of them. Like, give them an amazing website that looks great, that has the the listen badges in the right place, that you know really enables them to grow their show, which is ultimately what people want. Yeah. And there's kind of two main things I think it, we should be thinking about and, um, and building. Uh, stuff that helps people grow their listenership, you know, gives them a better chance of getting listeners, of getting noticed, of having someone land on their website and actually going, oh, this this looks professional. This looks good. I'm going to give it a chance. And then the other one is monetization. Hey, do you want to start your own podcast? Head over to Transistor and use my coupon, transistor.fm slash Justin you'll get 15% off your first year of podcast hosting. And giving people the tools for monetizing their show. And I think we're so close with this dynamic ad insertion and giving, like closing the loop so that they can sign up for Stripe, but then easily connect that to their Transistor account. And all of a sudden they can start charging for private podcasts, for ad campaigns, and um, just integrating all of that stuff in the simplest way possible, but really enabling our customers to do cool shit. And um, I think one thing that definitely fires us up (laughs) in in our team is we have this uh, customer research channel. And whenever a customer is like hyped on what we're doing, something that we've released, that's like rocket fuel for all of mm-hmm. us. We all enjoy that. And so, um, yeah, I th- that's the stuff I'm starting to get excited about and feeling like I have the energy and I think the team has the energy and you have the energy to actually invest in some pretty big moves, like for our team, but, yeah. you know... And, and, uh, like I, I think in the past I would have, I wouldn't have said this, but cause I, I just, again, I wanted to be gentle with us, but now I just feel like I want to be the best. Like I do want to be the best and that gets me fired up to go. Mm-hmm. I want I want people to look at transistor and go, not for them to compare us to simple cast or captivate or whoever, I want them to look at Transistor and go, it is just clearly the best. And to to have that, you know, already a lot of people think that, but I want it to be unmistakable. I want it to be like, yeah. no question, these people know how to build product. These people know how to serve customers and they do it not just a little bit better than anyone else. They do it heads and shoulders above anybody yeah. else. Definitely. Are you feeling the same way? Are you feeling yeah. like you got a little bit more energy? Yeah, I do. Yeah. I mean, it'll be nice to like, you know, take a little slow for the holidays and get back into it yeah. in the new year. And uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I think we have a great team for it. We're ex- kind of excited about the same ideas. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I think <laughs> we, get, we get a little <laughs> excited about too many ideas. Yeah. Uh, we kind of maybe have to dial it down and choose something to start. Yeah. There's a lot that we want to do with still a handful of people but it you know definitely helps to have Jason on as well. Yeah, to have to have there's multiple times cuz I'm the last person to wake up 
on our team because of the time zones. And there's days where I wake up and it's like in Slack, there's a great kind of um, whatever shower thought from Helen. And then there's a great shower thought from Jason. And there's a great shower yeah. thought from you. I like, this is just, and it is a little uncomfortable because it's pushing me at least to be like, okay, I got to think about this. Or, you know, we may have considered this in the past and discarded it, but maybe it's time to look at it again. Mm-hmm. Naturally, the the challenge, the tension there is how do we focus on, you know, just achieving one thing at a time. But I think having the excitement and having these kind of uh, thoughtful, like, you know, these thought the, the idea that there's now four people thinking at night before they go to sleep, like, huh, you know, wh- what about this? Or having um, these moments of inspiration, mm-hmm. it just multiplies everything and uh, creates a, uh, a much better pool of ideas, I think, yeah, than absolutely. one or two people. And I, 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 I'll put this in the show notes, but I, I kind of mapped out 2022 in terms of like cycles. And we just put a few ideas in there. But I think that visualization for me is helpful to go, okay, we've got maybe six cycles of like focused work. And so that's not that many. And so what could we actually accomplish in a year? And just being able to like put a few things in there as ideas was also helpful for me at least to be able to go, okay, I can see there's a plan here that could emerge, you know? Yeah, definitely. I guess, you know, 2022, we'll see how well we stick to those cycles. Yeah. Yeah. We haven't, you know, we did work a little bit like that, but it was just the two of us. And then yeah, we haven't really worked like that much. Yeah. uh, This entire year. Yeah. I, 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 I want to give that a good, good old college try, you know, like, yeah. let's see if we can actually create some, uh, a framework for, um, some rails for our work. Uh, cause on one hand, I really like the flexibility and openness, but I, I do feel like <laughs> in some ways I've gone too far on the, you know, I'll just wake up and, you know, see what I feel like doing that day. Yeah. Um, I, there's a benefits to that, but, but it is, it is nice to have not, I guess not, I was going to say have a reason to wake up, but that's not yeah. right. Uh, but a, like, you know, a focus, a focus to get up and get excited about and like, yeah, know what you're, know you're going to do that day. And yeah, I think the times we've done that, even with Jason and I were kind of working on the dynamic, you know, audio insertion stuff, like it's helpful and you, you get focused and you really like are kind of on it all day as opposed mm-hmm. to sort of like jumping around from this to that. Yeah. 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 It creates intention for yeah. the day, which is yeah, really helpful. I, I, I'm feeling fired up about 2022 feeling like also like love our schedule that we've developed. Like it's interesting to see some of the things we put in place in the early years of transistor now translating into the small team because, you know, it rolled around to, December 17th and midway through December is typically where we really slow down. Like we have no new projects. It's just like customer support, cleaning up a few things. You can do something if you feel like it, but our intention in the past was to really slow things down for the holidays. 
And now we've just carried that on to our team with Jason and Helen going, okay, you know, it's December 17th. All, all we really want from you is to check uh, our customer support chat throughout the holidays. Just go in there, check it. If you can answer some tickets, please do it. And that's it, you know? Yeah. It's and nice. so it's nice to have that, that freedom and that. Yeah. 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 And that, that uh, pace, because I'm hoping what it does is by the time January 3rd rolls around, we're just fired up, you know? Mm-hmm. And if, if you and I get a little retreat together, like that's going to be, that's just going to create so much energy, I think, for the new year. Yeah. yeah. And hopefully we can all get everyone together in the spring, which is the tentative plan, but. Yeah, yeah. So that'll be the, the other thing is probably fly Helen to North America and then somewhere in North America yeah. uh, have all four of us. Do you think, I mean, I, we, who knows, but it, I, I think I'd be open. I, I don't have an immediate like role in mind. I, there's a few things, but I'd, I think I'd be open to hiring one more person uh, next year. What are your, yeah. what are your thoughts about that? I'd be open to it. Depends what it is and you know, what we think we need. I don't, at the moment, I don't know exactly what that would be. Yeah. I mean, there's a few thoughts going around my head. One is if we really want to have customer support and have the best customer support and have it handled, because right now, throughout the day, once Helen's off, it's like you and Jason kind of cover it. And then I cover it for the rest of the day. And then I usually try to stay on it until like check it whenever I can up until I go to sleep, which is like 11 o'clock. But, you know, there is sometimes, <laughs> you know, I just don't check it for a while. And it would be nice to have one more person yeah, kind of responsible for that. I do think I want to experiment a little bit more at the very least with hiring people on short-term things. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I just hired Jason Beggs to do some work on the Transistor website. And it just really got me unstuck. He just went through, he refactored some of my code. I've just got pull requests just waiting for me to check yeah, right now. I saw that. Yeah, that's cool. That's the good feeling. Yeah. And I also am open to, you know, I, I think it'd be easy for me especially to become complacent and I think bringing in some, you know, maybe somebody, some a marketing contractor for a couple of weeks, just to shake things up, just to be like, you know, let's try this. Let's, why, why aren't you doing this? You know, I've got experience with this. I can help you try it. I, I'd like to experiment a bit more with that because mm-hmm. I think it can be healthy to not, you know, that the, my biggest risk is complacency or continuing to live in my little box that, yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, we hired Jason, which kind of helped me out a lot mm-hmm. in the, you know, software side of things. And, you know, he challenges me quite a bit. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, we're, I think we're in the early new year, we're going to do have some contract design work for a feature we're going to do. Yeah. I, I also wouldn't be opposed to having a designer, designer. for the website or the interface or the podcast websites or whatever. Yeah. But man, finding that person is like Yeah. That's that that's stressful for me. Like finding the right person who 
is a great designer, but also can work with, you know, rails and the code. And like, it's just, yeah. there's a type of person I think that would be perfect. And I honestly don't know what to ask for or where to look. Yeah. What, what do you mean with the type of person? Like, are you thinking like people who can do illustration work, but can also design in Photoshop for the browser? Or are you thinking no, someone no, who's like think, more full stack? I think someone who's, who knows full stack, but is definitely more front end, like interface heavy. Yeah. Or someone like Steve Shoger. Pro- probably. Yeah. Someone like that. Yeah. 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 Who knows, and, you know, who knows marketing websites, who knows interface design, who, yeah. who can, you know, who knows JavaScript, who it's just like, yeah. Yeah, you can, that type of person. I Because you know, even Steve Shoger, I, I don't, there. I think Shoger knows a little bit. Like, I think he can write CSS now, but I don't think he, he's probably not as full stack as that. He's mostly design. Okay. Um, and then also has, you know, can do illustration and, and yeah. other stuff. But yeah, that, that is a challenge. Those per- people are hard to find. The, the other thing I think, in the past that I've noticed is that when we did hire that designer person, I guess it depends on how you work, but in the past as a product manager, I found it challenging to keep them busy because often it'd be like, okay, we need this thing designed and they would design it. And then it's like, you're just waiting for developers to implement it. But like keeping like that constant flow of like, okay, now, you know, it's... No, I think I I would want somebody who would just go out of their way to find stuff mm-hmm. to, and be like, this can be improved. Here's what I'm thinking. Like, here's a mock-up. Yeah. And then we'd be like, yeah, it's great. Go do it. Yeah. And, you know, there's yeah. obviously would be things we would, you know, want them to do, but it's like, yeah. just go through our system, our site, our marketing site, everything, and like pick and choose things where you think, you know, you have some, some fresh ideas about how to, yeah. how to rework this. The unicorn is somebody who was raised on Photoshop, but then taught themselves HTML and CSS. Yeah, that's kind of what I did. Yeah. But at the same time, like I get stuck in my own ways. And like, I think, I think where Trentister is is at now is, is great and people love it. But like, Mm -hmm. I'm definitely stuck in my own head with my own ideas and there's, tons of yeah. out there yeah 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 it's 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 been one of our advantages i think that you've had that sensibility like you have a good it's a simple design style aesthetic but it's really worked for us and in some yeah. ways it's been beneficial <laughs> yeah because because there is there's also there is some it depends on who you hire, but there is some drama in this too, which is like, uh, d- depending on who comes in, you know, sometimes it's like you can tell when startups have had a new design <laughs> person yeah. come in because it's like, okay, now we got ty- all the type fi- typefaces are changed and everything is, you know. Yeah. And there's a, there, you're right. It would be h- hard to hire for it because you want a sensibility that would kind of augment what we're doing. Right. And it, it's also like, for me, it, and it was the same with hiring Jason, which is, uh, you know, this thing is kind of my baby. Yeah. <laughs> <And> like, 
<laughs> to have someone come in and be like, nah, this needs to be changed. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, there were certain things with Jason where I'm like, I don't know if we should do that. It doesn't seem like the right yeah. time. And then he'll go and build something. I'm like, oh, this is obviously 100% better. Yeah, yeah. You, you have to practice your breathing. You know, you yeah. take a few breaths. Yeah. Okay. You got to learn to let go a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that is healthy. I mean, a certain yeah. amount of that is healthy. I think th- this is the tension is that, again, part of this is my own previous work experience, but, you know, too much fighting and too much divergent opinions uh, becomes very difficult, you yeah. know? Um, but there's... I. <laughs> This is why it's great to hire people that you know, because then it's the the fights are like that's the benefit with you and Jason is that there's a a backdrop, a backbone of relationship there where <laughs> he knows yeah. he can he can push you a little bit. Yeah, I mean we can like give each other shit and push each other and it's fine. Yeah. You know, it's not like yeah. But I agree. If there's too much argument, then nothing gets done and then employees get fed up and they want to leave. Yeah. Yeah, well, and even for us, you don't want to have a company that you don't like working in, you know? And that's the tension is that, um, you know, having a a go-getter employee that's like always kind of pushing pushing buttons um, can be great uh, in one context, but if it's the wrong person or the wrong tone or the wrong thing or the whatever, and then all of a sudden it's like, fuck, I don't like going to work anymore because every time I go to work... (laughs) Yeah, that would be not good. I, so hiring yeah, I is tough. Yeah, it is. I don't. Yeah, I don't want to get to a point where I'm exhausted and frustrated and angry at the end of the day because I haven't had that at all. Yeah, transistor. I mean, I I think I was talking about that with a friend, and I was like, I don't, I don't ever like end the day angry or exhausted or or mm-hmm. like, oh, thank God it's Friday. I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't. <laughs> I don't ever think that and I don't, yeah. don't want to end up in a ring running a company where I think that or other people think that. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And we've just been so lucky up till now. Yeah. It just feels like I, I'm glad we stressed out about hiring Helen. I'm glad we stressed out about hiring Jason because it showed that we were taking it seriously. Yeah. There's always a leap of faith you've got to take, but um, I think we'll know the the great benefit now is like an incredible rails engineer could come along and we might not be looking for somebody, but we could be like, you know what? Like Mm -hmm. this just makes sense. Like this, this would augment our team, even though we weren't looking for them, let's just do it, you know, or, um, you know, there could be somebody on the, on the marketing side, there could be someone on the customer success side. There could be someone, I, I think it's possible that there's some flexibility here in the sense of like, I feel like we have room for definitely for more contractors that mm-hmm. we could work with, but we also have room for like, we have the budget for one more full-time person. Um, and if the right person comes along, we don't have to push it. Like if they right. come along, it's like, Whoa, like John, we got to, we got to check this person yeah. out. Like this is, this just feels you know, if, if a young Derek Reimer came along, uh, he's the guy that started Savvy Cal. Uh, so Derek's, you know, he's too, he's too far gone. Like it, we can't get him. But if a young Derek Reimer came along that, you know, I think we would notice that and we'd be like, yeah. okay, this is, 
this is just solid. Like S- someone who wants to work with a bunch of crusty forty-year-olds and uh, <laughs> and some and a boring rail stack. <laughs> a, a young a youngster who. <laughs> I think I think Helen is like the youngster in our group. She, she must is, be quite yeah. a bit younger than us. I'm guessing. Yeah. Uh, is Jason in his forties? Yeah, he's. Yeah, he's older. Wow, than you, older than you. Yeah. Yeah, we need to get we need to get some we need to get some millennials in this company, man. <laughs> Mix things up. <laughs> Mix things up. I don't know. Maybe they just maybe they just want us to sell NFTs and. Yeah, we got to. That's what we got to do. Is we got to start a Web three project, and then that's how you attract the talent. <laughs> Re- rebranding as, uh, you know, podcasts on the on the blockchain. Yeah, yeah. Just transistor three. <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> Blockchain stuff, there is a corner of podcast to stand that is that, you know, with the lightning network and everything. And that, that's yeah. pretty big on that stuff. But yeah. yeah, that, that I am still, I'm open to it, but the, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm on the sidelines interested and cringing at the same time. Yeah. It's it, to me, it has nothing to do with like what upsets people, which is like, I, I don't think I'm in, I, well, maybe I am, but you know, there's a, there's a certain kind of like visceral, like, like screw NFTs. Those are just dumb to me. It's more like, I just, what's here right now is not compelling enough, uh, sociologically. Like there's just the wallet system, the, the way that cryptography works and like having your own keys and losing keys and your phone falls in the lake and you lose a hundred thousand dollars in Ethereum. Like those are the things that, uh, still feel too. It's not there yet. It's just not, it's not at a level that makes sense, you know, at kind of popular scale, but certainly something's going to emerge out of this time that's going to be, I think 99% of the stuff that's going on right now is going to uh, yeah. not not persist. Yeah, and there will be will out of it. 1% yeah. that is, you know, that, that continues on. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we can wait. Yeah, that's, that's the advantage of being yeah. crusty 40-year-olds. I just, don't know what it would, I just don't know what it would mean for <laughs> podcasting. I, there's no like, there's no like light bulb moments like, oh, this would be great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're we're still not sold on JavaScript. Right. Yeah, we do complain about it, Jason and I, quite a bit. <laughs> that's that's who we should hire next is someone who's like just loves JavaScript. Yeah. Well, I think the idea is we use less and less of it. Yeah. If we can. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Uh, we've been recording for a while. Yeah. Anything else we should talk? We talked a bit about. This year, we talked a little bit about next year. Um, we got some cool stuff we just released, like mid-rolls for dynamic audio insertion. Yeah. Oh, Black Friday. Yeah. Was Black Friday worth it? No. Yeah, um, I don't think so. In my in my head, I think I would have been happy if we'd gotten 300 new customers. I think we only got 15 new customers. Okay. And then uh, maybe 130 existing customers upgraded. Yep. We can track that cohort now and see, you know, of that group that upgraded to annual, was it better to have them upgrade to annual um, in terms of lifetime value? Mm-hmm. But 
the the real push for me was saying, I wonder if this can bring in a bunch of new people. Yeah, I didn't. And I think it it shows that um, that this dynamic that we've observed, I think, continues to be true. Which is uh, the reason you can't just send someone a, an ad for podcast hosting or like an Instagram ad or a promotion like this is it's not like, like if you're doing a Black Friday promotion for a course, people will buy that and put that on their shelf for later. Right. It's like West Boss. You know, you and I have bought courses from West Boss that we were like, you know what, let's buy this and we'll just put it on the shelf for later in case we oh, need yeah. it. Oh yeah, I used to buy courses all the time. Got through about two lessons and didn't yeah, continue it's or like, forgot about it. I think my hunch from the beginning was people aren't out there. It's not like a TV where... If it's on sale, you're going to go mm-hmm. buy it and immediately use it. Like people yeah. aren't out there just being like waiting for a deal on podcast hosting to start their podcast, I think. No, it's, it's, they ramp up. It, it's like, um, what was the analogy I used? I said, it's kind of like, uh, you don't put an offer on a house until you've got all your financing until you, you know, you've got, uh, you've sold your other house or whatever. Um, you don't, you don't hire a mover until you know you've bought a house and you're ready to go. It's like one of those things where you have to be already committed and then you've ramped up to that point. So it's like Kyle Fox in 2012 DMs me and says, Hey, do you want to start a podcast? And that's like, Oh yeah, let's think about it. And then we think about it and we write down notes and we're passing back and forth ideas. And then we record this shitty first episode. And then it's like, okay, where are we going to host this? Let's get some microphones. It, it ramps up to the day that you go, okay, now we need podcast hosting. Where, who are we going to choose? You know, And in, right. unless you're at that stage, you're not going to uh, respond to a promotion. Yeah, Because we actually got a lot of exposure. Like our, our affiliates uh, emailed their lists about it. And some of them have thousands and thousands of people on their list. I emailed my personal list about it. Emailed the transistor list about it tweeted about it a ton. We had tons of people uh, share it themselves on social. Yeah. So I feel like, you know, we got the exposure, but um, the, yeah. <laughs> the people who buy podcast hosting are searching for it because it's the day, it's the time, now's the time, okay, I'm going to do it, you know? Yep. Yeah, and it, you know, ultimately I think caused you a lot of work and stress. Yeah. <laughs> Leading up to it, which was probably yeah, un- I forgot what that was like. Like it was just like a lot of extra work and like yeah, yeah it was. Yeah. I stayed. I hadn't stayed late at the office for a long time, and that whole couple of weeks leading up to Black Friday, I was like constantly like late for dinner and like working after dinner. It was just yeah, not worth it. But yeah. it's good to push ourselves like that every once in a while. That was the idea. Let's do the yeah. experiment, see how it yeah. goes. So we did it. Uh, and we have a Riverside integration coming out soon, too. We do, yeah. So, Similar to the uh, Descript yeah. integration. That's actually the one thing that I might need to reschedule our snowboarding week is I'm supposed to do a live stream with Descript uh-huh. on the 11th. So we'll have to see what we, okay. what we do there. Maybe, maybe we'll snowboard locally on the 10th, work from my co-working place on the 11th, and then that afternoon leave and go to Revelstoke and then yeah. ride for 
two, three days there. Good work. Yeah. Sounds fun. All right. Well, we still have, we actually have a new Patreon. Why don't you uh, nice. close this out with our classic Patreon shout outs? All right. Thanks as always to everyone who supports us on Patreon. Uh, we have Marcel Fale. Fale? Yeah, that's pretty good. He's got a website called We Are Bold. Dot .af. Oh, nice. I didn't realize that a, dot .af was a That's, domain you could use. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I thought you just you were going to say you didn't know what AF stand for. No, no. Like, I, man, I, we, I, we really yeah. are old. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got we to hire some Gen Z people just yeah, to... Right. just to, <laughs> Totally out of it. Uh, <laughs> and we have Anton Zorin from prodcamp.com. Uh, Mitch... Harris Kenny from the Intro to CRM podcast. Oleg Kulik, uh, Violet Dugenevie, Take It EV podcast. Ethan Gunderson, Diogo, Chris Willow, Borja Soler, Ward Sandler from Member Space. L- listen to you go. You're, you're in the pocket now. Now these yeah. are the names. You, you, you know yeah. these names. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Just flowing through it. Yeah. <laughs> Eric Lima. James Sowers, Travis Fisher, Matt Buckley, Russell Brown, Evandro Sassy, Preda Yumna Schimbecker, Noah Prale, Colin Gray, Josh Smith, Ivan Kirkovic, Shane Smith, Austin Loveless, Simon Bennett, Michael Sitfer, Paul Jarvis and Jack Ellis, my brother Dan Buddha, uh, Darby Frey, Samori Augusto, Dave Young, Brad from Canada, Sammy Schuchert, Mike Walker, Adam Devander, Dave Junta, Junta and Kyle Fox from getrewardful.com. Thanks, everybody. We will see you in 2022. Have a great holiday and uh, hope you have a great new year. Yeah. Happy New Year, everyone. Talk to you later. Bye. Podcast hosting is provided by Transistor.fm. They host our MP3 files, generate our RSS feed, provide us with analytics, and help us distribute the show to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. If you want to start your own podcast or you want to switch to Transistor, go to Transistor.fm slash Justin and get 15% off your first year.